You know, that's funny. I've been trying for years to get Bill to leave this podcast and I finally managed to do it. So I feel really strong about that. makeup on, put your hair up pretty. Meet me today in Atlantic City as we start episode number 120 of the Promo Front Podcast. One of your hosts, Bill Petrie. With me as always, let's call him the Baron of the Boardwalk, the Admiral of Atlantic City, the Judge of the Jitney, and the Hero of the Phone Holster, Kirby Hossam. And Kirby, how the Atlantic City are you? You know what? I'm doing great, man. It's uh, It's been uh, a cool trip so far, and uh, I don't know how it is for everybody else, but this has been the first time I've actually really spent the time to really walk a trade show floor in a long time, and so this has been really great so far. Really good. How about you, bud? I'm doing great. I'm going to ask you not to look at my notes. Those are for Cut. me, not you. Got it. Um, but no, doing great. Uh, it's great to be here. Great host of the Specialty Advertising Association of Greater New York. That's what SAGNY stands for, if you didn't know. I didn't. And we're here at Promotions East having a great time. But as I got to the trade show floor, Kirby, okay, it got me to thinking. It often does. It does. And, and I want to ask you a question. Okay. Are you tired of working with suppliers that just don't get the point? Yes, I'm, I'm very tired of that. Thank you for knowing that. Of course you are, which is why I know you love working with Shipenko, because when it comes to quality merchandise, amazing people, and the best service around, <laughs> fake laughter, Shipenko gets the point. I mean, what other supplier has this type of stat sheet for the past decade or longer, Kirby? Uh, they've won the ASI Distributors Choice Award for 15 of the last 16 years. They've won a 2022 PPAI Gold Supplier Star winner. A plus Sage rating can't get higher than that. Not in this alphabet that I use. Uh, <laughs> AS, ASI and ESP five star rating and a platinum rating on Distributor Central. But you know what, Kirby? Stats don't tell the entire story. True. The people at Shepenko are the other half of the story and they truly care, Kirby. And I know you know the folks at Shepenko and I'm sure you know they get the point when it comes to working with distributors in our industry. Absolutely, and I think the thing about Shepenko, at least for, from my perspective, is that they, they stay in their lane. They do their thing and they do what they do really well. And to your point, the people that work there um, just really care. And I think that, you know, you were giving a presentation just a little bit ago and one of the ways to stand out, I think, in a really busy world is to care. And so yep. those are the people I want to work with. Kirby, you said it perfectly, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to embellish it a little bit. Uh, you know what? They've been in business since 1933, and as they approach their 90th year, they still only sell to promotional products distributors. So when it comes to supplier that cares about your success, you're going to be hard-pressed to do better than our good pals over at Shepenko to see all of their amazing products. You know where they can go? Where? They can go on their portable Google machine, their regular Google machine, and go to shepenko.com and see the glorious merchandise from the Shelbyville Pencil Company, better known as Shepenko. Love it. Kirby, I want to thank you for having the courage to do this live, live podcast. We've got 600, maybe 700 people. At least, yeah. Huge audience. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I... <laughs> Whoa, I don't know what to say. This is a different kind of party um, now. It is. So, 
I have the upfront section of the podcast. Okay. I want to talk about you just came off of an end user show that you do in your town of Coshocton, Ohio. I believe the theme was based off of Stranger Things from Netflix. It was mm-hmm. called Branded Things. Yep. And I wanted to hear just real quick, just a quick recap of it, but I really want you to talk about what is the value of it that you see, not only for your business, but also because you do live in a smaller community. What's the value that you see it as an event? Yeah. Well, the, the, the show this year was really, really good. And so to kind of to recap too, is like two years ago, we didn't do it. I really wanted to do it. It was 2020 and we were going back and forth about whether we should or shouldn't. And so I ended up opting for safety and we decided not to do it. Last year we did it, but it was funny. The way I describe it is it was still COVID-y. Um, and so our numbers were really down last year. I don't, think, I don't think COVID is a word. COVID was definitely a word last year. Were we still in the middle of a pandy? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yes, we were in the middle of the pandy trying to get a handy. But um, so what, one of the things that, uh, one of the things that uh, I found, <laughs> you know, that's funny. I've been trying for years you get Bill to leave this podcast and I finally managed to do it. So I feel really strong about that. So back to the question at hand. Show went great. We had really good attendees. And what I think the, the thing about it is, is that people seemed hungry to get out and see uh, people again and see events like this. And so, and I think we're seeing it here. And well, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about the event we're at, but it was a really good vibe at the event. And the impact that it has, I was actually talking to Mitch Silver about this right before we started recording. And so one client came up and saw a supplier and started talking excitedly about a project that I didn't have any idea that they were working on. Okay. And then all of a sudden they see a a product that will fit that project that we didn't know, she didn't know that we could help with. And then all of a sudden it could be a really big opportunity. And that's that's the point of doing end user shows. And then to your final question, being in Coshocton, we started doing this event before end user shows were really a thing. Um, and so we just said, hey, we're an hour and a half from anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so like our like the industry events that happen, like OPA does some amazing end user shows, but it's really hard for me to get clients to drive an hour and a half to go to do that and out of the office, whereas if they can just come right out of the right out of their office be over into a place in five minutes it's something where our attendance is still pretty good yeah and i I, my question with that was you like i said you have you you do it in a small community um and i do think it's become part of the fabric of the community now for those distributors who are thinking of of doing an end user show do you have any handy tips for them (laughs) i do yeah so you're just asking me so i'm going to give you just a couple that come off the top of my head number one Partner with suppliers that you have a good relationship with because they're going to be more likely to partner with you. Yeah. My and this is good. This is probably going to make people mad. But one of the things that um, we do is we do not charge our suppliers to be there. Um, you know, I think it's one of those where we all use the word partnership as long as it works for us in the moment. But I really view this: we're investing some money in the facility and the food and all that stuff. But, you know, the suppliers have money in it too, right? They've got the travel and they've got samples. One of the things we ask is that we ask if we're not charging you, if you can do some sort of self-promo to go along with it, that's, that would be great. It's not required. Right. But I think that the biggest tip I'd have is to respect 
the folks that you're asking to, to take time out of their Absolutely. thing. And then, you know, I guess the final thing is just make sure there's value for the clients. Yeah, it sounds like it was a great show, so yeah. thanks for sharing that. But you know what, Kirby? I gotta amp up the podcast. <laughs> I have to, I have to um, contract it to you, actually. Uh, hey, distributors, is your marketing working? If you can't answer that question with an immediate heck yeah, Bill, it is, then you need to go. Actually, if you're here at the show, you can go right upstairs and see Jason Noakes at Promo Pulse all by your own self. But if you're not here at Fabulous Atlantic City, you can go to promopulse.io and because they can create beautiful marketing pieces in five minutes. What can they do, Kirby? They can create it, set it, and forget it. Five minutes. Yeah, it's just like choreography. It really is. Yeah, it's really good. We should be like synchronized horse. <laughs> yeah, okay. Did you bring some suit? <laughs> you didn't. I know. <laughs> All right, Kirby, got another topic for us? Yeah, let's move on. Yes, please. Um, okay, so I, again, I think it would be crazy if we don't talk about the event yes. we're at right now. Yes. Uh, so we are obviously here at Promotions East for the SAGME. The SAGME group has done a great job. Um, and so I, really, I just kind of wanted to talk about some things that I've noticed yes. that I really liked and I wanted to get your feedback sure. on it too. Um, so number one, I, I've been talking to, I walked the floor today and talked to a lot of suppliers and the feedback I've seen has been really good because the traffic's really good. And I think I wanted to give a shout out to all the folks through, from SAGME who really did a great job promoting it. Um, you know, I, it's a bit of a trek for both of us to get here, but it was funny. I, I didn't want to miss it because everyone was talking about it in advance. And so I think they did a great job. And I think, I, I haven't heard numbers so far, but I think the numbers are, at least it seems like the show floor was busy. So yeah. Good. Yeah. The numbers are good. Talking to John Cudahy, who is the new executive director of uh, SAGNI, uh, formerly Raining Rose, really uh, very pleased with the turnout. They changed the location. It used to be at the uh, Atlantic City Convention Center. So it's actually, what's really nice about it, something kind of, we, we take for granted in Las Vegas, people complain about it in Las Vegas. I don't think they should, but I like the fact that the pull show and the hotel is contained in one, uh, in just one area. I really like that. There's no jitney cabs. Those things creep me out. So I don't want to be on a jitney. Um, but I think they've done a great job in the way they've laid out the show. It's been very smart. They've got some really cool experiential things. Yes. Which um, I, I know that, uh, you know, Dale Denham, who is gracing us with his eminence in, in the audience here, is probably taking some notes, taking some things in, because I know he's always looking to amp up the PPI Expo. And so I, what they've really done, I think, more than anything, though, is what you touched on. The lead up to yeah. the event. They really utilize social media very well. I know they, they brought in Charity Gibson to do uh, a lot of that in terms of the planning committee uh, and Meg Herber, and they did some really great yes. things in terms of the box. They should have told us to keep the box. <laughs> but the box is really awesome. Yeah. No, Actually, no. we were told to keep the box. I just didn't read it, and neither did you. Yeah, no, I definitely did not uh, read. But it, it, again, you can't expect us to know all the details and read things. So. How could we possibly know that? How could anyone possibly know to keep the box? Yeah. No, it, with all joking aside, the uh, the whole influencer campaign was, yeah, it was cool. Great. It was really fun. And um, so that, that was really good. The other thing I wanted to bring up, and, and again, you weren't there yesterday. So I, I, I went to Dale's session, so I, that is actually in my notes. He did a, um, he interviewed three end users, uh, customers, and A, he did a nice job, I'm not just saying this because you're here, I actually have it in my notes. He did a great job uh, interviewing them, but I actually thought the, if I'm being honest, I've been to end user interviews before and they've kind of sucked. 
Um, well, they just, it, it was not super compelling. And yesterday's really was. I thought part of it was because they had a really good mix of people. You had sort of a, a mom and pop summer camp. Then you had uh, somebody who does events like uh, Ironmans and, and half marathons and that sort of thing. And then there was, the third one was somebody who does marketing for WWE. So uh, Friday night. Ooh. Yeah, it was, it, but it, the mix of it, they had really strong good opinions but it was really interesting some of the takeaways so uh, that was a super interesting session. we don't do enough in our industry end user panels i absolutely love them um when i was president of ppms we did it a couple years and it's so insightful especially when you get the right people up there moderating it it yeah. sounds like dale did a great job but also the people talking you know, the customers who are willing to be open yes. willing to be honest and willing to share what they like what they don't like, how they want to buy, and what their purchasing journey looks like. So I love that. I yeah, and one of the things that Dale kept saying is don't worry about hurting our feelings. Tell us what you really think. Absolutely. And there were a couple takeaways that I thought were interesting. I wanted to get your take. So okay. number one, um, he asked about sustainability and whether that was a, a big factor in their purchasing decisions. And I was surprised to hear that it didn't play as big a role as maybe I think we think it sometimes does because they were just like, look, it's nice, it's a nice to have, but not a need to have, and so the budget plays a bigger role. Um, but they over and over said, the priority is relationship, communication, and creative. Yeah. And so I think it's funny because they talked about technology not being that important to them either. It's like, it still comes back to the foundational things that we were taught when we first got into the industry, is that we can't over communicate. And then one of the last notes I had was that, that Checking in after the project was actually a pretty rare thing that they really liked. And that's surprising. Yeah. You know, I, I, it shocks me, but uh, it probably shouldn't. I, I think the more you can't over communicate. Right. I do it with my clients, I know you do it with yours. I always tell clients when I onboard them, you really have to be the one to tell me to stop emailing, to stop communicating. Right. And I have yet to have one do it. Yeah. So I think that's important. It's, it's interesting. And I think. What we talk about so often in our industry is really is a distributor taking that creative approach, that creative model, but really taking that agency, boutique agency approach where it's thinking about every part of it, not just putting the logo, how does the logo look on that specific merchandise? What's the experience the recipient has when they receive it? Is there, how do they open, you know, what's it look like when it's open? What kind of packaging materials? All those things, Cliff Quicksell was talking about that earlier. So I think the more we think about the overall experience, yeah. the better luck you're gonna have as a distributor in terms of retaining your business. Yeah, it was funny too, one of the things that they said- the On the side of it was funny. Yeah, the biggest, uh, takeaway that several of them had biggest turnoff for trying to get new business yep. is that if you made a recommendation of a product that had no relation to their brand and yep. not, not understand that you just came up with a, Hey, this pen is on special. Yep. And so you should have it. If you hadn't done the research, it literally unit unanimously across the board. They're like, that's a turnoff and I probably will never call you back. Ah, there you go. All right. Let me change the subject. So we're in Atlantic city. Yes. And I know it's one of your favorite towns. Okay. <laughs> what you guys don't know is we talk, we don't talk often outside the podcast because we usually spend five, 10 minutes before the podcast. How you doing? How's the family and all that? Yep. I got to tell you, nine times out of 10, it's always about Atlantic City. I don't know why. So because, you know, you seem to love the city so much. Okay. And, and as you always say, it's a city that's lost none of its charm. I, I say that all the time. Yeah. 
I'm going to ask you some things about Atlantic City and test your knowledge. And I'm going to know none of them. All right. I love this. I, I, I think you're going to know some. Okay. All right. All right. Kirby, what famous board game was inspired by the city? And why did I just sound like Andy Rooney? <laughs> Kirby! I'm going to answer your second question first. Yes. Uh, no. Uh, I'm going to go Monopoly. Monopoly is correct. See, this is going to be a breeze. This is going to be so easy. I'm killing it. All right, true or false? Okay. Can't go wrong with the true or false. Well, you got 50% yeah, chance to go wrong. Yeah. The first casino was built before 1960. Five years before you were born. Uh, I'm going to go true. False. The first casino was built in 1978. Thought you would have known that. Yeah, you would think. Yeah. All right. How many pounds of saltwater taffy are produced every day? Every day. Every day. Uh, 10,000 pounds. You know what? I'm going to give you credit for that one because it's 11,000 pounds. All right, that's not bad. I, I'm just good. That's pretty good. You know it's the home of Miss America. Of course, yeah. yeah absolutely. When was the first pageant held, Kirby? Uh, it was, I think it was on a, a Friday. <laughs> what year was the first pageant held, Kirby? Uh, 1978. 1920. <laughs> okay. Long before there was a casino. Okay. Uh, true or false, the first boardwalk uh, ever was introduced in Atlantic City. I'm going to go false. That's true. <laughs> 1870. Would you like to know how much it costs? Yes. $5,000. Okay. All right. It's exciting. So White House subs. Everybody talks about White House subs. you got to go eat there. Has anybody in the crowd eaten a White House sub since you've been here? Okay. <laughs> I love it. It's like, it was, yeah, no. <laughs> All right. So there's a towel displayed that a famous singer used to mop his brow at his final show in Atlantic City. Kirby, for $40,000, name that singer. Sinatra. For $4, you're right. Good job, Kirby. Good job. All right, two more. Okay. In the late 1880s and the early 19... I'm sorry. Early, in the late 1800s and the early 1900s, okay. what was the city's most popular attraction? Was it a, like a Ferris wheel? Uh, no. Okay. Horse diving. Boardwalk? No, horse diving. Oh, God. It's true. Do we have a New Jerseyite right there? It's not a word. All right. It is. Okay. Horses diving into the water. That, that sounds like something All right. yeah, they, they that's going to get canceled. That should be a film. Okay. All right. Last, last question. Okay. What is generally recognized as the best annual event in Atlantic City? I mean, that's got to be promotion. It's got to be promotion. Yeah. It's got to be. All right. I do have one other topic. Or, okay. Yeah. Go for it. So I don't know if you saw this. I think I saw this on promo marketing. Uh, Self-destructing promo. Kind of goes along with your sustainability thing you brought up a minute ago. So runners at the Chicago Marathon received plant-based, recyclable, and biodegradable bags. And what have a note that said, recycle this bag before it self-destructs. Now it's designed to biodegrade quickly in open environments, so in open air. Um, it's made by a British company called Polymateria. And they, are, uh, they use the race to debut its life cycle technology. So people are encouraged to recycle it, but it'll break down in two years without leaving toxins or microplastics. Okay. I wanted to get your thoughts on this because one of the things I think is, is concerning when you put your brand on something. Yeah. What does it look like as it ages? Right. So as a purchaser or as a seller of commercial products, would you be concerned about showing that to a client because you don't know what their brand would look like in, as it's self-destructing. 
No, that's a, I guess that's a good, good concern, but I actually think it's pretty genius. Um, that would be my first reaction is because, because here's the thing. Some, some of the bags that are being sold in our industry are doing this accidentally mm -hmm. and, and uh, maybe, maybe not as environmentally responsibly, right? So the idea of doing something and using that as a, uh, as a selling point for doing it and mm -hmm. then being able to, and again, it always depends. It reminds me back to the end user thing is they were talking about, they, they love the idea of doing something environmentally friendly, but it has to fit the budget, right? Yeah. So depending yeah. on what this would cost, a race is a perfect place to debut yeah. something like that. And so I think it's really pretty interesting, so. I, I like it too, uh, joking aside, I think it's really cool. And I love the note that comes along with it. You know, you, you recycle, encourage people to recycle it, but knowing that it will break down on its own in a relatively short period of time, given the usual uh, long timelines without leaving any toxins or microplastics, I think it's pretty cool too. Yeah, I like that a lot. All right, last thing, okay. well, we were, for those of you who don't listen to us uh, weekly, both our listeners, we are uh, doing uh, some gambling for good. We are betting football games this year, and the loser will donate some money to PPEF. Uh, we do three college games, three pro games, just winners, not against the spread. Kirby, you took it on the chin last week. You were three to three. I was four and two. So nice. you have 25 victories. I have 24. It's neck and neck. Yeah. So here we go. So neck and neck, but I'm winning. <laughs> Let, let's go with neck and neck. <laughs> All right, so the first college game we have is the ninth-ranked UCLA Bruins at the 10th-ranked Oregon Ducks. And don't look at my picks. I wasn't looking at your picks. I was looking at the games. Okay. Sorry. Now you can look at my picks. Um, okay, so I'm going to go. So it's at Oregon. It is at Oregon. That's a tough one. Uh, I'm going to go UCLA. Okay, I know that um, Oregon plays everybody really, really tough at home. Yeah. Um, and, and now so, we know the team. So I'm going to go with the Ducks. I'm going with the Ducks on that one. Okay. All right. Number 10th, uh, number 20th ranked Longhorns from the University of Texas are traveling up to Stillwater, Oklahoma to take on those pesky Oklahoma State Cowboys that are ranked number 11, Kirby. Yeah. As much, like, so for those of you who don't know, uh, Bill is a huge Texas fan. He wears stuff that says Texas all the time. Big fan. So I can't pick Texas. Um, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. Yeah, Oklahoma State plays everybody tough at home. A huge home field advantage. I will never root for Texas. Horns way down. Go those Oklahoma State Cowboys. All right, Kirby, the unranked Minnesota Gophers traveling to Happy Valley to take on the 16th-rate Penn State Nittany Lions. Yeah, Penn State got run last week by that team up north. Yeah. Um, but they're playing at home, and I don't. I think they'll have a good bounce back week, so I'm going Penn State. Yeah, uh, Penn State plays everybody really tough at home. Really, <laughs> yeah. really tough at home. But I am going to go with those unranked Minnesota Golden Gophers, okay. um, even though I think Penn State has some of the best uniforms in college football. Okay. All right, now we go to the pro games. Cleveland Browns traveling to Baltimore to take on the Robins. Oh, man. So... So I'm a Browns fan, for those who don't know. We've been playing this uh, season with a pretty good defense, a great running game, and a backup quarterback. Um, the Ravens definitely have, probably have a better squad, but they stole our football team, so I will go with Cleveland. Well, there's no harder place to play in the NFL right. than Baltimore. Huge home field advantage. So I'm going to go Ravens. I'm going to yeah. go Ravens. All right, New York football Jets at the Denver Broncos. You know what? I, I am... 
the Jets are making me a believer. Like I, I am so surprised by them this year. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going J E T S Jets. Yeah, I am. Uh, is is much of a home field advantage that Denver has? They play everybody tough at home. Sure, sure. Uh, I am going to go with the New York Football Jets. Last one, the Chicago Bears travel in to Massachusetts to play the New England Patriots. Yeah, and see, I I desperately want Chicago to be good. I want. I like that. I think football's more interesting when the Bears are good. And I really, really want Justin Fields to succeed. I think he's a good guy. He was an Ohio State Buckeye. So I think they're going to lose, though. So I'm going to go New England. Okay, so you're going New England. And wait, here's the thing. Sorry. Well, and here's the thing. New England plays everybody really tough at home. Of course. This game's on Monday night, but I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears. All right. Chicago Bears. Now, I do have one question for everybody in the audience. Do the Cowboys suck a what? <laughs> I'm joking. This week they did. Yeah, this did. That's not nice, Kirby. But you know, <laughs> you know who doesn't suck? Who's that? Well, thank you for asking, Kirby. That's our good pals over Shemeka who are sponsoring this platinum level award-winning broadcast. That's right. They are. They get the point of working with distributors. They've been in business 90 years. They still only sell to distributors in our industry. They are recognized uh, A-plus Sage rating, five-star rating on ASI's ESP, platinum rating on Distributor Central. You can't get better than that. You I mean, cannot. Why did you, can you? I don't think you can. You can. Yeah. So if you want to learn more, see all the fine uh, products they have. If you're not here at the show floor, uh, you can head over to shipenco.com. Yeah. And they're good folks. They're good folks. So with that, I guess we're done. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Who yeah, thank you for showing all up. All 700 of you out in the audience, really appreciate you being here. Um, all joking aside, it's been really fun this week. So thanks for all the folks who posted us. Yeah. This has been amazing. So and honestly, the folks uh, on the board at SAGNI, the uh, planning committee, done a really tremendous job. Amazing. A lot, of, a lot of regionals could learn some things about how to put on a trade show by coming and taking some notes. Love it. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah.